Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Ocean State Bird Club offers bird walks, lectures, and a quarterly newsletter all focused on the hundreds of bird species that pass through Rhode Island. Fall is the perfect time to bid farewell to the last of the summer migrants. Find us at OceanStateBirdClub.org and follow us on Facebook, Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 694. Well, you just heard a message from the Ocean State Bird Club, and we're really excited to welcome them as a new supporter of our Talking Bird show. We had a chance to meet a bunch of folks from the club last Sunday during our live broadcast from the Audubon Society of Rhode Island's amazing Raptor Weekend. Great thanks to Larry Taft and everybody at Audubon for their warm welcome and hospitality during our visit. And welcome again to the Ocean State Bird Club as a new sponsor of Talking Birds. In case you missed their website, it's OceanStateBirdClub.org. It's a beauty. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on. Next week, we'll hit the road again, heading for Philadelphia for the three-day American Birding Expo, one of the biggest gatherings of and for bird watchers in the country. If you can get to Oaks, Pennsylvania, just a few miles north of Philly, please come and say hello during our broadcast. That'll be on Sunday, September 23rd. By the way, admission to the Expo at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center is only 10 bucks. Find full info at AmericanBirdingExpo.com. We have a little bit of good news to report this morning from our friends up at Maine Audubon about this beleaguered bird. That's the piping plover. Maine Audubon reports that a record number of these endangered shorebirds nested on numerous beaches in the state and produced a record number of fledglings, hosting 68 nesting pairs that fledged 128 birds this year, extending a decade of steady population growth in the most since monitoring began there in 1981. The work there involved partnerships between Maine Audubon, the Maine Department of Inland Fisheries and Wildlife, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, too, along with landowners and volunteers in local towns. Officials in Maine also point out that their success would not have been possible without the Endangered Species Act, even as the current administration is moving to weaken the act, which has prevented the extinction of 99% of the species the act has sought to protect. Piping plovers, by the way, are negatively impacted by lots of things, including people walking and driving through the birds' vulnerable nesting areas right on the beach. And they're preyed upon by numerous critters, including foxes and skunks and raccoons and feral cats. Of course, cats, both feral and domestic, are major bird killers believed to be responsible for the deaths of at least 1.4 billion birds here in the U.S. every year. Some estimates are much higher. A study in the Washington, D.C. area showed that in some neighborhoods, outdoor cats eat basically all of the juvenile birds as soon as the birds fledge. Cats are also a problem in many other countries, one of which is New Zealand, where one small town is considering pretty drastic measures 
to deal with the cats killing birds problem. Council members in the South Coast New Zealand village of Omaui have presented a control pa- a plan by which cat owners would have their pet cats neutered, registered, and microchipped and allowed to live out their natural life while residents would not be able to get a new cat when the old one passes on. The plan does not include killing any pets. John Collins from the Omaui Landcare Charitable Trust, which suggested the ban, says, We're not cat haters, but we want our environment to be wildlife rich. Already cats in New Zealand have killed off nine native species of birds and are said to be endangering 33 other species. Residents in Omaui, New Zealand, have until October 23rd to submit their opinions on the cat control plan. America runs on Duncan. That's what they say in the commercials. Just a few miles from our Talking Birds World Headquarters, we like to call it in Quincy, Massachusetts, is the first ever Dunkin' Donuts. That first shop started serving coffee and donuts in 1950. They're still serving coffee and donuts there, and since probably the mid-60s, they've also been serving up plastic straws for use with their cold beverage items. That seemed like a good idea at the time to Dunkin' Donuts and thousands of other coffee shops and restaurants. While the future impact of those straws on our environment was barely even thought about, probably. Fast forward to 2018, when plastic straws have demonstrated rather clearly, along with other single-use plastics, the extreme harm they're doing to our natural world and many of its creatures, birds certainly among them. Well, Sophia Kukras and Amanda Hay, two young students from Brookline, Massachusetts, have had enough. They gathered more than 100,000 signatures petitioning Dunkin' Donuts to get rid of plastic straws. They did that a few months ago. Now there's an update to the story. On August 23rd, they went to Dunkin' Donuts headquarters and met with the company's chief communications and sustainability officer, who reportedly told them that in order to make a change, they would have to make sure that it wasn't too expensive, that it was sustainable, and that it would make customers happy. She also told them the company is looking into using bamboo straws instead of plastic ones. Well, here's hoping they actually do that and keep up the good work, Sophia and Amanda. In the meantime, Dunkin' Donuts, how about ditching those plastic foam coffee cups? Here's a preview of our mystery bird contest coming up a little bit later on in the program. We want to get you ready to call in when we give the signal here in a little bit. And we want to give a little warning here because this morning's mystery bird is is kind of a scary, intense-sounding bird. So we give a warning here in case you'd like to turn down your radio for a moment. I'm going to give a 3, 2, 1 and then play the sound of our mystery bird. 3, 2, 1. Our mystery bird is one of the most widely distributed birds in the world, found on all continents except Antarctica and on many oceanic islands as well. It's a bird with excellent low-light vision, can easily find prey at night, and its ability to locate prey by sound alone is said to be the best of any animal which has ever been tested. Our bird is one of the relatively few species in which the female is showier than the male, the female with a more reddish chest that is more heavily spotted. Some clues there about our mystery bird and our contest coming up in just a little bit. Extra, extra, read all 
Here are some of the stories and videos on our Facebook page this week. If you like bird cams, be sure to follow the link to the latest from the Cornell Lab of Ornithology on our page right now. Our man Mike O'Connor's latest newspaper column explores the topic of birds' sense of smell and how you can test it out in your backyard, along with why he thinks the phrase don't poke the ant guard would be a good one for a bumper sticker. We'll have to read that. And if you missed the video of the laughing kookaburra that joined us live on last week's show, don't despair. It's still there, loud and proud, on our page. That's some of what's on our Facebook page right now. Not a Facebook follower. You can find those first two items online. But the kookaburra is an exclusive. We have two conservation cool ideas of the week. First is from Canada, where current estimates suggest that human activities are responsible for emitting about 40 billion tons of carbon dioxide per year. As more of this heat-trapping gas concentrates in our atmosphere, wreaking havoc on our climate, scientists are exploring many solutions, like limiting the greenhouse gas coming from smokestacks and tailpipes. But a group from Canada is focusing on efforts to shrink the layer of gas that's already there. Scientists say that one cubic kilometer of rock laden with magnesite and other carbonate materials could lock down a billion tons of carbon dioxide. But it takes a really long time for this to happen, too long to keep up with the rate at which the world emits carbon dioxide. So now a team from Trent University, Ontario has devised a recipe to speed up the formation of magnesite from hundreds or thousands of years in nature down to just 72 days in the lab. The key ingredient, a kind of latex bead coated with charged molecules that help magnesium ions bond with carbonate items or ions to create magnesite. So it may be time to turn a very old-fashioned way, or turn to a very old-fashioned way of dealing with a modern threat. Uh, throw rocks at it. Meanwhile, down in Mexico, an organization called E6PR has begun production of a product, also called E6PR, that it's marketing to breweries and microbreweries around the world. The product is a biodegradable six-pack ring. The group says the ring, when disposed of properly will find its way to a composting facility and will degrade in just a few days. If it's unfortunately left out on open land or in the water, it will degrade in a matter of weeks. The rings are not intended to be edible, says E6PR, but they say if they are accidentally eaten by wildlife, they will cause no harm. Not a perfect solution, but it sounds like progress from south of the border. Well, we have a salute here to more Talking Birds ambassadors. We're happy to say they're out there spreading the word about our show and about birds and conservation by handing out little info cards we've sent to them to hand out to their friends and neighbors. And they include Kevin of the Lakeland Audubon Society in Walworth County, Wisconsin. Kevin says our organization is a local chapter of the National Audubon Society. I'll be spreading the word about your program at our chapter meetings. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks to a new ambassador from Houston, British Columbia, Canada, who wishes to remain anonymous on the air, but says, along with some information to hand out to our birding group, 
I'd love to get a patch to add to my pack and maybe one I can surprise my mom with. My mom and I have always been into watching and IDing birds. Recently, we got a bit more serious and started going every week to see what we can find and track what we see. We've spotted some great new to us birds. We're planning our first out-of-town birding trip and always enjoy the mystery bird aspect of the show. We both have got a few answers correct, though we listen on the podcast, so can't call in. Thank you, Anonymous Ambassador. Don't forget, you can listen to our show live online from anywhere on the planet. Check out our listen button at TalkingBirds.com. And thanks to Dennis Schoenfelder from Alamosa, Colorado. And speaking of our mystery bird contest, Dennis was our winner on last week's show. Correctly identifying our first ever non-North American and first ever live on-site mystery bird, which vocalized for us at the Audubon Society of Rhode Island's Raptor Weekend. It was the laughing kookaburra. Dennis nailed the ID and then volunteered to become a Talking Birds ambassador. So thank you so much, Dennis. Dennis, by the way, is a teacher of graphics and photography and enjoys photographing birds. Speaking of which, our friend Dave Wath in Normal, Illinois, who's been an ambassador for a while as well as a winner in our Make Your Own Swag photo contest, sent us a note saying, Hey, Ray, just wanted to let you know that I teach a birding class through a local community college in the spring and fall of each year. I always promote your show and have it linked through my website. Check it out if you get bored. The website is DaveShootsBirds.com. And we have checked it out, Dave, and it is great. We heartily recommend it for a visit. Dave shoots uh, those birds with a camera, by the way. And you can see his beautiful photo, photos, that is, of birds and bugs and frogs and landscapes, along with striking black and white and long exposure shots, plus a blog and lots more. Definitely worth checking out. It's DaveShootsBirds.com. Now let's hear from a man who probably did a little firearm shooting in his day. It was in the town of Griffin. The year was 83. It was there an old cow puncher stepped up and said to me, How do you do, young fellow? And how would you like to go? And spend a pleasant summer out in New Mexico. Johnny Cash. Our New Mexico, a beautiful state that lacks just one thing. That's right, a Talking Birds ambassador. New Mexico is now one of less than a handful of states that are not yet home to a Talking Birds ambassador. So we hereby implore listeners there in the land of enchantment to consider joining our ambassador's family. It's easy to do. You don't have to go through a ring of fire. You won't even have to walk the line. Just click on the contact button at TalkingBirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with our man Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment on the subject of... Well, Mike says he has his own mystery bird for us. We'll see about that. Plus, we'll offer up some sweet prizes in our mystery bird contest. And up next, a big sluggish finch of conifer forests is today's featured feathered friend presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. For today's featured feathered friend segment, we take last week's bird, the red crossbill, and we make some changes. 
First, we fix that twisted bill. That's better. Then we stretch the bird out to about nine inches in length. That's about right. And now, featured feathered friend, we will pump you up. Oh, that's good. Yeah, to make you a little more robust looking. Okay, finally, we add some white wing bars. Mm-hmm. And make the flanks and undertail coverts a nice gray color. I think we've got it. Today's featured feathered friend, the pine grosbeak. Ken Kaufman, in his Field Guide to the Birds of North America, describes the pine grosbeak as a big sluggish finch of the conifer forest of spruce and fir, but not pines, despite its name. The pine grosbeak wanders well down into U.S. territory in the fall and winter of some years, apparently when there are poor crops of seeds up north. Oh, one other adjustment to complete the transition to this week's featured feathered friend, the sound. Here are three songs sung by one pine grosbeak male. The pine grosbeak. Today's Talkin' Birds featured Feathered Friend. Welcome again to our show, number 694, website TalkinBirds.com. Do follow us at Facebook and Twitter at Talkin' Birds. And up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Roger Page, and I'm from Lexington, Kentucky. I became a Talking Birds ambassador shortly after I began listening. It seemed to me that it was exactly the right kind of show that a lot of people that I knew would enjoy listening to. So I began telling people. Talkin' Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talkin' Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkinBirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkinBirds.com. And thanks. Just a reminder, you can hear our show live wherever you are. Just go to our TalkinBirds.com website. Check the listen button there for how to do that. It's pretty easy. Our Mystery Bird Contest, you're eligible if you haven't won within um, the past 60 days. You're on Talking Birds. And we give the warning again about the sound of this bird because it's kind of nasty and intense. I'll give a countdown and then play the bird in case you want to turn your radio down a little bit. Three, two, one. Is it Howard Dean? <laughs> <laughs> On to the next primary. <laughs> Our mystery bird is one of the most widely distributed birds in the world, found on all continents except Antarctica and on many oceanic islands as well. Our bird has excellent low-light vision and can easily find prey at night by sight with a little bit of light. And its ability to locate prey by sound alone is the best of any animal that has ever been tested. It can catch mice in complete darkness in the lab or hidden by vegetation or snow out in the real world. Our mystery bird is one of the relatively few species in which the female is showier than the male. The female has a more reddish 
chest that is more heavily spotted. Some clues in the sound of our mystery bird. Beautiful prizes, including the Droll Yankees Cute Feeder, the cutest chickadee feeder for any type of food. It even lets you manage the size of visiting birds with the height adjustable dome. You can put in there seed, mixed seed, fruit, mealworms, whatever you like. And our bonus prize is a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app. It's the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. It's really fun and it really does work. Prizes there and our phone number is 781-837-4900. As always, we urge you to call as soon as you can. Tell us your answer or take a guess. No correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner. The number is 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Coming up, we go to Mike O'Connor. He's down there at the Birdwatcher's General Store on Cape Cod. Let's ask Mike live in just one minute. Well, here's a preview of another great nature book from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, publishers of the Peterson Field Guides, the Kaufman Field Guides, and many more useful guidebooks and reading books. If you're listening from the southeast, you may be interested in the newest book in the Peterson Field Guide series. While some of the more than 1,800 species of moths in southeastern North America are drab grays and browns, many are quite colorful with swirls and swaths of pinks, greens, yellows, and violets. This comprehensive guide is the best tool for identifying and appreciating these ubiquitous insects. With helpful tips on how to set up a moth trap for observation and with range maps and graphs showing when each species is in flight, The Peterson Field Guide to Moths of Southeastern North America provides everything an amateur or experienced moth watcher needs. Available wherever books are sold. Mike O'Connor is not only down there at the Bird Watchers General Store with our Let's Ask Mike segment, he's also trying to horn in on our mystery bird contest, I understand. The mystery bird of some sort... Of his own. Are you there, Mike? That's it. That's it. You know, you got you. You've made this mystery thing so famous that yeah. it's taken the world by storm, basically. Oh, yeah. So people and, and and people always come in with these weird calls, and, and it was funny in the old days. They would try to imitate the call, which was which was a riot. <laughs> but now that the smartphones are kind of spoiled it a little bit, and people just bring in recordings. And this time of year, when the birds are typically silent, there's a few sounds that are driving people crazy. So I'm going to play one that somebody brought in, and you can kind of try to figure out what it is. There's no prizes, believe me. You're not getting anything free out of this. But I'll give you a few seconds, and then I'll discuss it. So I'm going to press the button now, and hopefully it'll work, and you won't hear Black Sabbath or something like that by mistake. So hang on a second here. Huh. I should say, Mike, you've let us in on this, so I can give a clue here. And the scientific name is Tamius striatus. Ah, see, now yeah. you gave it away. Everybody's going to know now. Everybody knows what it is now, obviously, but what? <laughs> but there's no prize, so you might as well tell what the answer is. All uh, right. That's yeah. actually our old friend, the little eastern chipmunk. Really? Chipmunks, yeah. The chipmunks give that's their warning call when they, when they sense a predator, usually a hawk or something. And they, they send out this alarm note, and it's that monotone, chip, 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 hence the name, which they get the name. And chipmunks are, are, are busy now, they're common now, and they're giving that call when they run into trouble. And they, a lot of people are looking in the trees, and they, they hear this call, and 
they come, they're coming in with this crazy cold. But the chipmunks are out there gathering food for the winter, so they're going to be more of a nuisance at our feeders than than uh, they usually are. And they store the food underneath on the underground. And I want to tell people right now that chipmunks, people are worried chipmunks will get in their house. Mm-hmm. Chipmunks don't want to be in your house. Chipmunks, if they get in your house, they want to get out. Because so, we, we leave the doors open this time of year, and the chipmunks run in. They love the safflower, and they love peanuts, and they jump in the bin, and they scare all the customers, and they run out. And once in a while, one gets trapped in the in the store overnight, and then we show up to work the next morning, and he's jumping at the glass trying to get out, still with his mouth full of food. <laughs> So they don't want to get in your house, but they, they will throw the food, and they're making that mono monotone chip noise, so it's not a mystery bird, or it's not a bird at all. It's just your old friend, the chipmunk. All right. Good thing it's not a bird, or you would have been hearing from our legal department. <laughs> That's what I was worried about. Thank you, Mike. Okay, we'll talk to you next week, right? All right, Mike O'Connor down there at the uh, famous Birdwatchers General Store on Cape Cod in our Let's Ask Mike segment. We'll be back to our mystery bird uh, contest uh, right after this brief message. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Back here at our mystery bird contest, a warning again about the sound of our bird is pretty nasty and intense. Here comes the sound if you want to turn your radio down. Three, two, one. Our bird is a medium-sized raptor with a kind of a white heart-shaped face. The adult gray and cinnamon above and white below. The female with uh, kind of a more spotty chest, more reddish kind of chest spots there. A bird with excellent low light vision that can easily find prey at night by sight in extremely low light. What is it? 781-837-4900 is the number. We have those beautiful prizes from Droll Yankees and the LarkWire app. And the number is 781-837-4900. And I believe we have Dottie in Hanover, Massachusetts. Good morning, Dottie. Good morning, Ray. How are you? You sound wonderful. Oh, I'm, I am wonderful. Thank you very much. And how are you? I'm great and better now after speaking with you. <laughs> and you're on our mystery bird contest, uh, Dottie. What, uh, what would you say it is? Uh, my husband, Dennis, believes it's the Eastern Screech Owl. Oh, blame it on Dennis. <laughs> That's a top quality guess there. But um, according to my uh, paperwork here, it is not exactly the uh, answer that we were looking for. Okay, well, thank you very much, and can, I just want to wish my, our niece, a uh, happy 10th uh, birthday for tomorrow. That's all happy, but what's her name? Sophia. Sophia. Well, that's Sophia. the second Sophia that we've mentioned on the show today, so happy birthday, Sophia. Uh, th- thank you very much, and also <laughs> a happy wedding anniversary to my husband, Dennis, for tomorrow. All right. Are you sure you're going to still uh, celebrate after he gave you the wrong answer there? Yes. All right. Thank you very much, Ray. Thank you, Dottie. Have a good day. You too. Okay, not an eastern screech owl, but uh, I think we're kind of warm. 781-837-4900 is the number. We have Russ, who's somewhere in northern Virginia. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. Whereabouts in northern Virginia? Are you keeping that a secret? Uh, I'm up in uh, Dumfries near Woodbridge. Near Woodbridge. All right. Well, uh, Russ, I think you uh, probably heard the clues and so on uh, on our mystery bird contest. What do you think? 
I'm going to go with the barn owl. The barn owl, that horrible, scary-looking bird. Absolutely correct. Nice work. You know, we don't have uh, many barn owls here in Massachusetts, just, uh, I think, on one or two of the islands off Cape Cod right now. How about where you are? Barn owls? Uh, I'm looking to add to my owl collection. I got a couple pairs of uh, mated barred owls, but uh-huh. uh, I don't think you see them too much. Not barn owl. All right, well, uh, Russ, thank you so much. Congratulations. Stay on the line. We'll get all that info. Appreciate it, Ray. Take okay. care. Thanks. The barn owl, B-A-R-N, our mystery bird. We've run out of time. We'll be on the road again next week, this time to just outside of Philadelphia. Airing Talking Birds from the American Birding Expo at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center. And we'll have a great guest that we'll be announcing shortly. If you're nearby or feel like doing a little traveling to attend a great event, please join us there Sunday, September 23rd, Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks, Pennsylvania, just north of Philadelphia. Thanks to Mark Duffield, Debbie Bleacher, and our engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. For Lean's Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Ocean State Bird Club offers bird walks, lectures, and a quarterly newsletter, all focused on the hundreds of bird species that pass through Rhode Island. Fall is the perfect time to bid farewell to the last of the summer migrants. Find us at OceanStateBirdClub.org and follow us on Facebook, Ocean State Bird Club.